<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> No, seriously, I'm telling you, if you just if you don't put the icing on the cookies and you add the country gravy on top of them, then it's actually pretty decent. What the crap? That sounds so gross. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, I just um got a new movie from the dumpster. I think you guys would love to hate. It's Dungeons and Dragons. What the crap? That sounds gross. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? everybody and welcome to another exciting adventure on the bottom shelf playing games with strangers no 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 wrong D podcast but we are a D podcast this time sort no, of we're not <laughs> sort of no we're not don't even start <laughs> just because i picked a movie does not make us some D bullcrap stuff okay uh, mm. sir what we watched we watched D and D bullcrap. We are officially a D and D bullcrap podcast for this. Okay, episode. goodbye. See you later. You guys will watch this by yourselves. <laughs> that happy voice is Kevin, otherwise known as that's our Kevin. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Sorry, inside jokes are flying all over the place today. Uh, and with us as well, we have Dallas. Hello. Demora. But who else is in the studio with us? We have the Admiral. Hello. Admiral Celeste. What's up? Better Shock and awe. If this sounds a little bit weird, it's because we planned this out, except for who's doing the introduction. So I jumped in <laughs> because nobody was talking. Uh, but being as I kind of spoiled a little bit, Kevin, what movie are we uh, covering on this episode? I question. Do you know what do you call a person without a body or a nose? Nobody knows. Okay. I'm glad you got <laughs> someone already told you that. Crap. What do you, call, what, do you call, what do you call two men with no arms and no legs hanging out over a window? Curtain rod. Yep. <laughs> We're editing all these out, right? No. At least that one. At least that one. Why would you why would you edit that one? That's hilarious. Oh my goodness! Just because it's funny doesn't mean it needs to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, we're 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 going for the kindergartens. We're going for preschoolers. Let's listen to this podcast. That's exactly what we're doing. Okay, so as I said when I walked in, we're going to be watching Dungeons and Dragons. 
It is a movie that was released on the 8th of December in the year of our Lord, Y2K. It has a dreadful runtime of one hour and 47 minutes. It is rated PG-13 for fantasy action violence, casting one of the 25 Wayans brothers and a dated CGI. Are there that many Wayans brothers? There's a lot of Wayans. There's probably more right now. Who knows? Probably as more as any of those um, Neely Z rapper guys, whatever. Are there, so, are there equal Wayans brothers to Jackson's? Because there's more than five. Yeah, they're, 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 there's more than five Wayans brothers. Okay. There's more than five Jacksons. The joke. The joke. Oh my gosh. You're starting to sound like one of my sisters right now. Except Be I'm technical. doing it on purpose. Be technical. There's, okay. ten brother, there's ten siblings for the Waynes. That's the Waynes me, okay? The, I have nine brothers and sisters, okay? So, thanks the for Waynes me. could take out the Jacksons. So would they look <laughs> as fabulous as Janet? Sorry, Kevin. Keep going. So that plastic surgery she gets. <laughs> Anyhow, this is directed by the first-time director, Courtney Solomon, that took him a decade to build up the courage to budget and film this movie, but an eternity to be wrecked by dungeon masters everywhere in their parents' basement. It is written by Upper Topper Linian. It is also written by Bruce Being on the Pain and Justin Whalen. It is starring Simba's Uncle Scar, Bruce Still in the Pain, James Whalen, Snails, Robert Miano, Thor Boring Birch, Zoe McLaughable, and Doctor Who number four. The best one. The best. The best one? Okay. Best. How many Doctor Who's are there? 25? <laughs> Not yet. Many, there are probably about no. as many Doctor Who's as there are Wayne's brothers. <laughs> More. <laughs> oh, my God. So on the VHS, it says, by critics. It says, it's visual thrills. It says, Liz Braun of the Toronto Suns. That's funny. When I was in Toronto, I've never saw the sun. It says, a special effects extravaganza from Entertainment Today. Mm, okay. Um, Dungeons and Dragons looked like they threw away the game and photographed the box that came in, says Roger Ebert. Wait a minute, that's not right. What? Okay. You read the back of the VHS, see what this movie's about. Because I, I think everyone already here knows what Dungeons and Dragons is, except well, I do, but I don't really care. You read I'll, the back I'll, of the description? I'll, I'll read the back. I'll read the back. You read the back of the VHS? Yeah, I'll do it. So we do okay. have a tagline. It says, uh, you'll wish you were in a dungeon being tortured by a dragon. All right. <laughs> Back of the VHS. Is, is it Sean Connery? Is he the one torturing? <laughs> Sean Connery makes a fantastic dragon. This is true. Yep. He All would right. also make a fantastic dwarf because he's got that Scottish brogue. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this is what the he makes a, He makes a fantastic, awesome Russian too. No, amazing <laughs> Russian. No, no. No. Well, mm. In honor of Sean Connery, I shall read this box in my, in my best oh, Russian accent. No. <laughs> the forces of evil have magical powers and peasants are powerless only a ragtag group of young adventurers can save the day profoni prof, 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 is the diabolical mage who plots to take over the kingdom of Izmir the empress Savannah fights to return peaceful times to her subjects now the hopes of Izmir rest with snails Ridley and the fighters brave enough to help them battle the dark forces of Profion. Dazzling special effects and spellbinding adventures. Our performance conjure up a supernatural film that brings the adventure home to you. I better be blown away by these special effects in the year 2000. 
Well, I'm just wondering, okay. which Ridley are we talking about? Is this the Ridley with the giant machine and the alien, or is this the Ridley from the Metroid that, series? Sir, that this was is... Ellen Ripley, not Ridley. <sighs> no, this is the talented Mr. Ridley. No, again, that's the talented Mr. Ripley. Let me say my thing I want to say. Wait, didn't they have a museum? It was like Ridley's Believe It or Not? I think so. That's a thing. That's Ripley's Believe It or Not. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> we can't get this for a win! <laughs> Our jokes are terrible today, everybody. So nothing's new. Daisy. Wow. There we go. John, is there any trivia for this movie? There's a bit of trivia, and I think some of it Kevin's going to enjoy. Such as, when asked why he did this film, Jeremy Irons replied, Are you kidding? I bought a castle. I had to pay for it somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. That is... That is the Jeremy Irons I enjoy. <laughs> I respect that answer. I respect that answer. I bought Nicholas Cage's castle. Someone's got to buy it. <laughs> director Courtney Solomon. This is director Courtney Solomon's first film. Uh, he had acquired the exclusive rights from TSR, which was the original owner of Dungeons and Dragons back in 1990 when he was 19. Uh, it took him 10 years to raise the funds to make the film. Wow. And how much of the funds that he raised? What was it? Like 30K, 50K or something like that? No, 30 oh, million. I'm not sure. I I don't have that pulled up in front of me right now, bro. Okay. I just know it's less than 100 million. It wouldn't surprise me. He also was only interested in producing the film originally. Uh, however, the the... The then TSR head, uh, Lorraine Williams, vetoed every one of his choices for director, one of which was including Francis Ford Coppola wow. and forced and forced Solomon to direct the film since he held the rights. Wow. Don't force yeah. me, Mr. Coppola. Uh, don't force. <laughs> it wasn't. It was the lady at TSR who forced him. If, if Francis Ford Coppola, I'm trying to picture what this movie would have been like if Coppola would have done it. That'd be weird. All right. Uh, so he's a, he's a weird person. He's probably like somewhere drinking the back of his great vineyard wine is like, I just make money off wine. I don't care. Everyone sucks. Sounds, sounds about right. The bone, the bones visible in Profion's lair are real. The scenes where the film, in, the scenes were filmed in Sedlick in the Sedlick ossuary a small chapel in uh, Kutna Hora, Czech Republic. It's decorated with the bones of the people who were buried in the surrounding cemetery, but had to be moved to make room for the chapel and for new burials. Is that all the bones and the saints from those Catholic churches? <laughs> I, oh, you're talking about relic? Uh, no, this is an ossuary, not a reliquary. Oh, I was like, that would funny. It's like, yeah, we use the bones of the saints right there. <laughs> For my last little point of trivia, during the fight with the large guard before the scene with Snails and Domidar, uh, Justin Whalen's head was split open when he was thrown into a stone wall. Oh. oh well. Okay. I, he I was thrown into a, a stone wall and his head split open like how much? I don't know. I'm just... He didn't know. He's not uh, dead yet. I, I, have a, I have a trivia to add to Not it. yet. There is a, <laughs> in the, uh, there's an extended cut of this. And there's a cameo by D&D co-creator Dave Arneson as a council wizard during the dragon fighting tour uh, towards the end of the movie. Oh, really? Yep, but that it's in the extended version. not aware of. Oh. It's apparently only on the I, DVD. Oh, I hmm. don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. 
Uh, one other thing that I can tell you, I'm trying to find the guy's name here, Bruce Payne, who plays Domidar in this movie. I initially thought I recognized him. I thought he was the dude who played the mummy in The Mummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, uh, because everyone thinks he looks like him. <laughs> However, uh, he does not. But when I was looking at his, uh, when I was looking at his filmography, I noticed a trend. Apparently, this guy only is in terrible movies or poorly rated movies oh, because no. because everything that I was uh, looking at on his filmography, about eighty percent of what's on there is four point is three point five or lower. <laughs> We're just going to through IMDb's like that sucks, that sucks, that sucks. No, that really sucks, and just keeps on going. Yeah, no, I was because when you look at on IMDb, when you look at somebody's filmography, it'll show their films and then how it rated on IMDb for. Uh, he did Highlander Endgame. Oh, oh. <laughs> we don't Why? talk about that one. I never watched uh, it, so I can't say a thing about. Don't. Oh, uh, that hurts me. So yeah, uh, he. If does you see him in a, money, does, does he I don't, go fund me? I, well, you know, I mean, it works for Nicolas Cage. So <laughs> Nicolas Cage would do almost anything for a hundred bucks somewhere. I just, Josh Berkey just went, Oh, and he doesn't know why <laughs> <laughs> I'm going actually, if Nicolas Cage will do anything for a hundred bucks, I'm going to see if I can't interview him for <laughs> you can. He has been known to do interviews just for, just for $25. Oh, really? Yeah. Stay tuned, everybody. But let's progress with the actual show because we are getting so sidetracked. <laughs> let's Nate, talk. Are some... you sidetracked on the side quest? Like I see what you did there. I see what you did there. And I'll give you an A for effort, Kevin. That, that, was, that was proper usage of all of that. But let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, spoilers. Expe- Yes, lowered expectations. Uh, being as you're the guest this week, Celeste, what are yeah. your expectations for this movie? Dragons. That's it. What? Dragons. That's it. Just just dragons. I oh, dragons! So. I think saying thing juggins. I'm like, what's juggins? Dragons. Dra- okay, dragons. As as somebody who I know plays D and D at least every other week, I'm I'm a little bit shocked that that's your only expectation for this movie. You know, you kind of talked it down for years so (laughs) i just expect to see dragons and enjoy the dragons well john does talk himself down and you know what to expect from that i'll have to get some cricket fully for that joke bro that Mm. that landed like a loud a loud wet fart in the middle of a church service all right Um, okay well being as uh you're being as cranky boys got the mic kevo what's your expectations for this movie i never saw the movie before nobody has any expectations for this movie all right it's easier to not be disappointed that way you would think dallas oh i'm expecting this to be terrible um this movie was so like unthought of that when i worked at hollywood video it actually fell between the shelves and we didn't know about it and it was just marked off as lost when we did inventory. And then a couple of years later, when we were doing inventory again, we had to move a shelf and there it was. And we're like, what is this? And I was like, it's Dungeon and Dragons. I- well, to be fair, the way those shelves were designed, hollow video there, you could find all kinds of things in there. Yes. You did you found money is we found money. We found no, electric we- bills. We found, pe- we found people's electric bills. Like, Oh, check this out. 
at a time before the online service thing. We found uh boxes of movies that were stolen that's about it so yep, seen those <laughs> but nobody stole dungeon dragons they just said nobody needs to see this ever again <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my my expectation is just i i have a feeling this is not going to be a good movie my expectations for this movie i have seen this movie once it was shortly after it was released on vhs and oh. i rented it so that'll tell you how long ago it's been since I've seen this movie. In the year 2000. It, that's when it was. And I will tell you, I don't remember anything about it outside of the fact that it seemed like an incoherent mess at the time. And I didn't understand what was going on the majority of the time. Were you a D&D player at the time? I was not. Okay. I did not. I, I didn't actually. No, I, I take that back. I had played D&D once or twice. I, mm. I dabbled in it with my uh, with my bassist at the time. Okay. Sh- shout out to to Jake Primers If you are listening, chances are you aren't. But if you are, hello, we will send this um, to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I as far as my interest in D&D, as everybody knows it now, that started probably about six or seven years ago. Mm. So I'd be curious to see your thoughts on the back end of this of how they play with the D&D stuff, uh, mm. just how you and Celeste have interpreted what they're interpreting. Kevin and I are just along for the ride because I mean, I'm here for a movie. I'm not here for a freaking game. <laughs> we know. <laughs> like the most role play that Kevin knows is when he role plays not killing the customers at Walmart in his head. I don't care about the customers at Walmart. I'm sorry, he's, 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 he's non-customer facing. <laughs> it's the fel- it's the it's the guy driving the forklift in the warehouse. Mm. Oh, one more factoid I want to throw out there before we dive into this movie, because I did check the timelines. Uh this movie was released. Uh, when the current edition of D&D was third edition. Oh. Not 3.5. This is before 3.5. This was third edition. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That was a mess of a, an edition, wasn't it? Three, No, third edition was okay. The mess was fourth edition. Oh, that, okay. That was the one that almost... That that one was the one that uh, almost killed Dungeons and & Dragons. And that's when Pathfinder came about. Uh, pa- yeah. Okay. Because Path, Pathfinder rose from 3.5. Gotcha. Gotcha. Kevin's just looking like, I don't care. He's in a math I don't class. care. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. You, okay. you are my favorite part of the show. I want you to know that. You're our sunshine. I'm sorry to hear that. Our favorite sunshine. All right. Well, let's well, go let's ahead. Play it, Glicks. Let's play the movie, Glicks. Let's do it. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Blue lips! Oh my god! Maybe Blue, blue lips! <laughs> Couldn't tell if that dude was, was having an asthma attack or if he was just like, you know, the front man from Maybelline. Can we talk Literally. about the quality of the lipstick, though? Like, I mean, my it, dude it is spitting, throwing spit, and it's holding. I wore Literally. black lipstick to work last week, and I didn't make it through lunch. My man <laughs> made it through an entire campaign. 
literally, I have a note right here that's like, second in charge looks like he's rocking the super sassy blue raspberry lipstick. So <laughs> he was he was it rocking looked like it. he auditioned for like the Blue Man Group before he came out, and then just forgot to like take off all the lipstick, all the makeup. No, he was rubbing on those Flintstones push pops, and he just kept rubbing all around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let's let's not spoil it too much, but (laughs) let's 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 get into our non-spoilery reviews. Um, Can we just talk about the fact that the CGI in this movie looks like it was made for a PS2 game? It was early two thousands. It was the Although, group that did Mortal Kombat, and they came over and helped out with this film. I, I feel like they did Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Annihilation. Get out of my head, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I can say at I can say at the beginning of this movie, it gave uh, being as we're talking about Mortal Kombat now, uh, it gave me some serious Street Fighter vibes at the very beginning Mortal of this movie. Kombat. Sorry, I'm good. Just with how corny some of the line delivery was in this movie, it, it gave me some serious Street Fighter <laughs> vibes. I gave me that. What? Nothing was corny that Jeremy Irons said. <laughs> that man is not I, but I, corny. He is a corn cob who came from Iowa. He was one of my favorite parts of the movie. He was. Legitimately. I mean, yeah. I mean some, of, some of the line delivery in this movie was like total JCVD on cocaine levels of bad line delivery. I don't know what you just said. Did you just have a stroke? <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, yeah, I I was I was reaching back to our Street Fighter episode when we talked about how he was completely blasted on cocaine through the entire gotcha. production of that movie. I yeah, just heard all of the the initials, and I'm like, I don't recognize any of these acronyms. Yeah. So right. can I just point out that um there there were dragons, but the dragons in Dragonheart were better, and it was in '96, and this was four years later. Yes, <laughs> I was disappointed with the dragons, although we they're still babies, the and that, I still love them. Like even the blood on the dragon, like was just like it made the uh, um, the the cape from Spawn look good. Oof! Like it was really, really bad. It almost made the reviler look good, and <laughs> and you know how badly I hate that character. I need to watch Spawn again. I haven't seen it for so long. Oh, I love Spawn. I enjoy watching it from time to time. Yeah. Last time I saw it was on the telly, and that was like, I don't know, 15 years ago. Hmm. I like how we're talking about a different movie. <laughs> Good. Let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons because there's so much to say about it, right? Because there's nothing. Go ahead. Uh, spoiler free, the storytelling was rough. Like, it it felt rushed the entire time through. It, and I was talking with Celeste. It suffers from the same issue as when you try to summarize a book into a movie, but they took an entire D&D campaign, which we all know never actually ends and they start shoving it into a movie you know it, I, it has it's the same sin that was in avatar the last airbender thank you i don't even know i don't know what you're talking about there is no avatar the last airbender <laughs> there is no warren bossing say um just like there's no fatal deviation but yeah that gets brought up it's not even from the grave Honestly, I we need to do a rewatch of that because that no. movie has gotten better in my mind since I since we did the show on that. Yeah. So we might that might 
that might be our first rewatch. But I think I think the reason why we keep getting off track and talking about other movies, though, is that I think this movie lifts a lot of ideas from other movies. It mm. doesn't like, even. Sorry, go ahead. You know what? I agree with you. It, it it takes every idea from every other like medieval, um, magical thing and try to blend as many as they can into this film, and it's just like boom, here you go. It's not like even legitimately. Like, go ahead, Celeste. Sorry. It's not even like they took a whole campaign and shoved it into one movie. It's like they took somebody who was pitching a campaign and went, that's the script. Mm. Like, not even a lot of details. It almost felt like like the the cuts and the jumps and things and the discon- discontinuity. Is that a word? Discontinuity was happening because, like, the players went home. Mm. Which almost would have preferred. I'd... I I kept getting Star Wars vibes from this movie, to be perfectly honest. Like there were so many plot points in here. I'm just like, this feels a lot like Star Wars. A prequel Star Wars. Like Jeremy Irons is the emperor and uh, homeboy. uh, Mummy light was uh, the, uh, was Darth Vader. And yeah, it was Luke Skywalker having a kiss with uh, Marin Princess Leia. Dang it. That works way too well. It does. And Marlon yeah. Wayne's is George R. Binks. Mm-hmm. It works. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing Jar Jar into the wrong era of Star Wars. Prequel Star Wars. That's you no, know what? that's not I what he was talking you. about. You said that, not John. John's in Star so, Wars. I say prequel so Star great. Wars. That's but so John's great. talking about Luke and Leia, who are not in the prequel until the third I, one. I, all of it works. All of it works. Like there is there is so much in this movie that is just like it. Even at other points, there was other movies like I that, that I got the vibe off of. Um, and I agree, the, the writing of this felt like it was rushed. And I think that this movie probably could have worked better if it was like a mini series or a TV series. Like this feels like a CW show. I mean, yeah. am I right? Nah, like if this was uh, a c- more like uh, Fox in the afternoon. Right, but it it still it would have worked better in a short form format yeah. over extended extended over a year than as a movie. Like this Great. this should not have been the final draft of this of this so, script. There was a uh Saban did a TV series back in the late 90s or 2000s. Uh, it was like the Knights of the Mystic Force or something like like that. Mm-hmm. It was a better D&D than this. Oh nice. I think I think one of the other one of the other things that I noticed and this is probably going to be the longest spoiler free section that we've ever done. But I I have so much I can talk about that's not specific to the movie plot points. But I think I think another one of the things that made this movie hard for people to get into, as was my experience, is that a lot of the scripting, I think, was written from the perspective of the people who are watching this movie are already familiar with Dungeons and Dragons tropes. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I felt like there were some tropes in there that only a true D and D person would have understood. Because I was hoping certain things. I'm like, okay, I don't play D and D. I've only did it for like a month back, right? A long time ago, and I called some of the references. So, okay, that's nice. They didn't like shove it too much in your face, mm-hmm. but it just was mishandled tremendously. Honestly, Absolutely. I was hoping there were that 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 was the case because. I was so lost there in so much of the movie. I was hoping that 
Perhaps Celeste was catching more than me simply because she understood more D&D than I do. It's at one point Dallas and I were talking and part of the issue is that this one was leaning too hard into being comedic. Yeah. And it would have done better to either been a spoof or been serious. It didn't do the balance of the two well. The, uh, this was the, the worst script they could have came up for with for this movie. Um, it, if I were to put it in D&D terms, this was a case of a bad DM with clever players. Mm, I'll give you that. Was the audio really low for anybody else? Like when we were watching it, we had oh. our sound bar turned up to like 50 just to hear the, the vocabulary. Sound was perfectly fine with me. Mm. You, might, you might need to redo your sounding systems. But well, the the it was uh, maybe it just because you were watching on Amazon Prime. Amazon's uh, always a little quieter for us, though. Mm. Kevo Kevo was watching it on Amazon. Yes, I don't know because when we we watched something later and it was like blowing me Blaring. out. Weird. Does anybody have any other spoiler-free thoughts to talk about? No. All right. Well, let's hit the spoiler section then. Roll for initiative. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Dang it, I rolled a five. It is so weird to hear Celeste say that, but be looking at her and she's saying nothing. <laughs> I'm going to say that my favorite scene was Tom Baker. Yes. Um, okay, so I don't know who Tom Baker is. I know he is a doctor, but I've never seen it him. It was the best scene in the movie. You can't you, you can tell when the acting shh. really happens. Yes. Shush. The scene right. with the elves. Agreed, he's right, but he needs to shush for the moment. The okay, fine. Scene I'll shush. The- okay, mom. <laughs> I'll be quiet. I won't say anything. I can't mute him. I don't have that control. So <laughs> the <laughs> the welcome scene to the Kevin experience where the elves <laughs> are healing up. Uh, the guy who looks like he's part of Jimmy Olsen. Umbop. Yeah. Justin Hanson. He looks like he's part of Hanson. I had to think about the name of the band. Like, and he's like explaining things and then he's doing stuff with his hands and he's like, elves don't use spells. We just heal from ourselves because we are all part of the circle of life. That guy was Tom Baker. Okay. Sorry, Uh, Kevin. Keep going. Him and Jeremy are the only two good actors in the whole film. Yes. Wait, who was the other one you said? Jeremy Jeremy Irons. Irons. Oh, yes. And Jeremy she, Irons yes. was not good in this movie. He was fucking phenomenal. He was fantastic. He was one of the best parts of the movie. He wow. brought the entertainment to it, the movie. <laughs> Jeremy Irons' eyebrows <laughs> were great in the movie, too. I'm not saying the script was good for him, but he was phenomenal he was with what he was given. He was no, given he trash, was... and he said he was given a turd, and he polished it, and it was fun. Like He's like, he... this is going <laughs> to be terrible. Let's, make, let's have fun with it. He overacted this movie so bad. When does he not overact in anything? Because he knew he had a terrible script when he did Scar. That was perfect. That was not overacting. He Scar had to pay for a castle. He had to go big or go home, okay? <laughs> I wish he would have gone home. That <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe you should try to lord over the land. <laughs> like, I mean... I mean 
Okay, and and the other thing, the other thing about Jeremy Irons that took me out of this movie, other than his overacting, was the fact that his perfectly coiffed modern style haircut just felt so out of place in this movie. It looked like he got out of a and hair Ridley's club. didn't to less to a lesser degree than Jeremy Irons. Jeremy well, it looks Irons like he came out of a supercut. Dude, he Jeremy still had the same haircut as Jimmy Olsen when he was on Superman, bro. The haircut was the thing, one thing out of place. Yes, you're right. It was only Jeremy's iron haircut. Nothing else in this movie was out of place but the haircut. You're <laughs> perfectly one hundred percent right, John. No one has manicured eyebrows like that. <laughs> in Those are eyebrows. I thought they were caterpillars. Yes. <laughs> they needed to come to Jacksonville. <laughs> we have spots <laughs> dedicated for people to do eyebrows. <laughs> so does eyebrows everybody? are on fleek. No, not like here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I agree. His acting wasn't good, but at least it was entertaining. He, he came on the screen and I was like, oh, look, it's Scar. <laughs> the, yeah, everybody I, I, else came on the screen and I'm like, is this done yet? I, I, I want to put this out. I think Domondor, he is, he has fantastic ability of contorting his face. Oh, yes. His, like, he was, his face was very expressive. It was awkward as I'll get out the entire time. But he was very expressive the entire time. Just like the way he puckered his lips, like you will listen to me as I talk to you. He had fabulous lipstick. I was about to say he was just rocking the Maybelline product placement. (laughs) Is all he was doing. How much did Maybelline pay for that ad? I don't know, man. (laughs) Not enough. enough. I was just gonna say that (laughs) because I mean, legitimately, I'm going. How did they get that color on his lips? Like, how did you do that? All right. And then at the beginning of this movie, when he opens the chamber to that dragon to try to control him with that one <laughs> rod that he made himself. Right. One, that thing was the one of the most cartoony. Like if that, if that dragon got any more cartoony, it would have looked like puff the magic dragons. Right? <laughs> Why are you and, in my head? John? <laughs> this second time tonight. Uh, and then the other part about it is that dragon changed color at least three times. Oh yeah. Can, why, why did that dragon's blood catch on fire, but then other dragons are falling on spears and the whole town's not on fire? Did we run out of budget? That was what a Japanese dragon, that's why. <laughs> no, it was a Japanese it dragon. It was made it from atomic energy. <laughs> it wasn't even technically a dragon. It was a T-Rex with wings. Who cares? It's all, it's all freaking dumb. It was dumb. It was stupid. It was stupid CGI with stupid fake blood. Like, I can take bad CGI. I like Dragonheart, for God's sake. Most of those movies. It's not that I can, I can give allowance for CGI being bad in an era where they were experimenting and exploring CGI and figuring out how to use it and what they could and couldn't do. I get that. But it just, it was so bad. And then the, the whole dragon lore in this movie. It does not. What, what, was it, the, what was the purpose of the dragons in this movie, anyways? I did not know what the purpose of the dragons were. Okay, just so to fly in, around in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if you encounter a dragon, you you may as well stick your head between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye. Okay, because I'm talking about the movie. What's the purpose of the dragons in this movie? He's, he's I'm, getting. To I'm that. getting to that. You're talking about a game. I want to talk about the movie. What's the purpose of the dragons in this movie? I'm trying to get there. Butthole. Anyway, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to. 
If I hand you a potato, will it fill your mouth? Depends on the size of the potato. Uh, all right. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so in this movie, the, the big deal about the dragons is because dragons, this movie is based off the game and dragons are supposed to be a big deal. Like they are the ultimate killing machines. The problem is, is they don't get the lore right to match up with the game because they dropped a door on this dragon in the beginning and it killed the dragon. No, 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 no. Dragons have baby dragon. Dragons have like 300 on average, 300 hit points. That door would have just kind of went bank and just made him mad. Like, and this is another star Wars point in star Wars that it was just like, what is this? The thing down in the basement of a job of the huts layer. Now we're going to drop a door on him. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah. Well, speaking of the dragons, like what was the point of the red dragons outside of the fact that it was like, it's like, oh, hey, go get the power to control these red dragons, but don't use them. Destroy it immediately. Yeah. Like, like red it was, it was, it was That's an the- absolute mute point for the entirety of the film. Like the yeah, entire. I get. Thank you, Dallas, for explaining that because I'm just trying to get what's the point of the dragons, and he still can't answer. He's talking about the game. I was like, let's stop talking about the game. Let's talk about the movie. We're I have to talk about the the game because the, the we movie need to talk about the movie. But because the movie is based on the game, but the movie it, is displaying the story through pictures. It didn't show nothing. That's the thing. The movie didn't explain nothing about the dragons. It didn't show nothing about the dragons. That's the point I'm making is that okay. they would use they would use the lore as long as it suited them, but the moment it didn't, they would throw it out the window. So they were completely inconsistent with the storytelling when it came to the dragons. Wow, you could have said that previously, but now you finally said it. It's, oh, it's he was trying to. Thank you. He was the, trying to say it. Well, yeah, I was trying to give you the reasons why it was inconsistent, not just to say it was inconsistent and just yeah. leave it at that. It was it was rough either way. Like, like nothing made sense with the dragons. Like you were saying, John, like they, they pulled lore for, for comedic events at moments. And then, then all of a sudden it was just like, I don't know. Let's, let's just do stuffs. Yeah. It's like, it's like when they were going to go try to steal the scroll back from maybe it's Maybelline's camp of soldiers. And they're like, look out. There's some beholders there. And it's just like, it was cool to see it was cool to see a beholder, but they didn't explain why a beholder is a big deal. Or at least they got the beholder right. Like it's still bad to the early two thousand CGI, but it looked better than the dragon. Yeah, but why should they be scared of a beholder? They don't get into it. Nothing. It, it, just it, nothing. It, it's just like it, it. It didn't serve the movie at all. It was complete fan service. As far as we have to put a beholder in here because this is a D and D movie. It's almost like they. You said this earlier. They expect you to know things. And if you come into this, there's absolutely no world building. There's no anything to explain what's happening. Your first introduction is Jeremy Irons maniacally laughing. And you don't know why. Oh, and then I after don't know you find why out things came out of those ears and those little No, whatever. I didn't like Freaks. that. I was like, <laughs> that was like the that. dumbest thing. That, I, I like laughed it. every single mm-hmm. time. Mm-mm. That happened every time those Mm-mm. little tremors came out of his ears. It went onto the woman's ears, <laughs> and they were. It was just it, it, I busted my gut laughing. Mm-mm. That was tremors. The that's the next tremors movie. <laughs> tremors the prequel. <laughs> tremors nine. <laughs> They're coming for you, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> They're coming again. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't really have anything else to talk about with this film. Like. 
You didn't I've like read... the humor. You didn't like the um, CGI. We did. We 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 can make fun of for days of his blue lipstick. Jeremy Irons' laughter is just top notch. A lot of a lot of the cast was wasted in this movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean they they focused so much on what's his face, uh, Ridley. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you know, so boring. And it's just like the I want to know about boring. I want to know about the dwarf instead of yeah. Bl- Blandy McPasty face. Like I'm sorry. I like the dwarf was dwarf so thing. like like he's like oh a dwarf and like it was just there and it was gone like he was just a comedic effect like so much of it just didn't work. I want to know about where they ran down the freaking um alleyway and they all jumped into this big salad mix I... again again Why? Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> I would love to they know more. The oh, okay, yeah. The they all ran to the salad mix. I'm would sorry, would you say love to know more about the elf and her tracking because yes! she was having none of their crap and I appreciated it because I was going to say she would have an interesting story and it's like, no, nothing. We're not going to say anything about her. It's like, dude, it kind of sounds like they're interesting. I want to know more about the elves and nothing. Actually, if you want to know who I th- who I was most interested in, that they completely just kicked to the wayside, and I can't find the dude's name. I, it might it might be Richard O'Brien. Uh, the but guy the guy when they when they all came inside that castle, he's like, I don't let people coming inside here stealing my stuff or something. There was the guy in charge of the thieves guild. Yeah, the white guy. The thieves guild. That guy was fantastic. Like he acted his butt off. I'm like, yes. Go ahead, Celeste. I'm sorry. I stomped all over you. No, no, you're okay. Cause I stopped cause I was typing and I can't type and talk at the same time. Cause now I'm trying to figure out who that was, but like that guy, I would have loved a story about the thieves guild about yeah. that guy. Like that was intriguing to me. The rest of it. Meh. It was almost like it was like, you know how in some movies they have serious, a serious storyline. And then they have like a running gag. Mm hmm. It almost feels like we were watching the running gag. Mm-hmm. At least you got a love story. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You don't want a love story? The love story. That thing was Everybody so Everybody wants a good love story. The, wait, wait. I have a statement about the love story. <laughs> I don't say this about many things because there's not many things that honestly could be worse than this. But Twilight was a better love story than this. Uh, they oh. both sucked. They both sucked. If that, if they that, if that love, if they, that they love story was any more ham-fisted, honestly, we could serve it for Christmas dinner. True. Hey, John, I want to confirm that was uh, Richard O'Brien. All right, but yeah, that guy was fantastic. Like, I, I wanted a whole movie of just that character, but uh, snails, not snails. Snails had to die. Oh my god, who cares? I mean. Oh, I did. I needed him to die so he'd shut up. Yes. Charge <laughs> our beast, please shut up. <laughs> I wanted Justin Whalen's character to die. He was awful throughout the whole entire movie. Bland, Blandy McPasty face is is all he was throughout the whole movie. It's just I didn't. It, 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 honestly, he, they could have replaced <laughs> him with Justin Taylor Thomas in this movie. Jonathan Taylor uh, Thomas. Who? Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, sorry. Wrong white kid. Get it right. <laughs> you just mix uh, a couple white kids together. Yeah, well, the problem is is that they probably all had the same haircut and are completely interchangeable with absolutely no repercussions. Like, 
so not great. Yeah. And yet, at the end of the day, I was still slightly entertained by this movie. I just like the part after he, they killed his best, his so-called best friends. Like, okay, let's make out. <laughs> like, perfect timing. <laughs> right? They got done fighting about about their prejudices, and then they were like, okay, now I'm going to... Now I'm going to find out what your molars taste like. <laughs> now that we do what every movie did in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, let's kill off the first black guy. And then, okay, now we can continue on with this movie. I'm like, wow. I know. Oh, my God. So horrible. You know, as much as I give crap out Deep Blue Sea, I'm so happy for certain choices they made in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> I mean. So anyway, uh, does anybody have any other spoiler thoughts to say about this movie? Dallas has loads of them. He's so concentrating as he's writing down notes. <laughs> I'm just looking at <laughs> Justin Wayne and his IMDb and th- this poor dude, like the highlight of his career was legitimately was Lois and Clark, the new adventure of Superman. That was the highlight of his career. Oh no. And then That's it went bad. down here from here. Well, no, no. He played Andy in Child's Play 3. It went down. That's not saying from... very much, man. <laughs> that's that's child's play. No, I don't know how that series ever continues. I really don't, because people pay money. P- you know, people pay money for almost yeah. anything. So, John, that was before he played uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, okay. Jimmy Olsen was 1994 to 97, and that was it was 66 episodes. Like he was, and it was. I remember him as a char- as a as an actor and a character in that, and. And it was, he was a good, he played a good Jimmy Olsen. He played a good sidekick uh, for that particular show. But I mean, literally his career just plummets after that. And that's, that's one of the sad things about the entirety of the film that I'm looking at is the majority of these actors just don't do anything. Like Jeremy Irons is the, is the top bill actor uh-huh. for the entire, him and, and Baker are the top bill actors of the entirety of the, of the show. Thor quite a bit. In this movie, when it began, did I did I blink too hard or too fast? I didn't see any credits. I see no titles, no nothing. I didn't no. either. They because there weren't any. They just Were did they the title. Sc- they did the title screen, and that was it. That was yeah. I didn't even I see think. the title screen. I must have, they, like I said, I must have blinked too fast or something because I was right there watching. I rewinded it, and I was thinking like, wait, did I miss the title screen or something? Yeah, well, you missed the title screen, but there was no credits at the beginning of the movie, and that that. That, that was par for the course for this movie because in the actual previews that they ran for this movie, they didn't they didn't name off any of the actors in the uh, in the previews for this movie. Either. Wait, none of the actors, not even Jeremy Irons, no one, Mm-mm, no one. Were they that ashamed already? I don't know. It's just that's goodness alive. That's not a good sign. No. Already. So, just to circle back to what Dallas was saying about the actors, uh, Thora Birch, who played the Empress has worked yeah. a lot inconsistently. She was in Hocus Pocus. She was in several different things. She actually, she actually has like, something coming out soon that's in post-production, according that to IMDb. Goose Canadian movie, Fly Away Home with Jeff Daniels. I didn't see that, but she was in The Walking Dead more recently. Um, so several things. So at least she didn't let this keep her down. Not saying it was her finest work, just a... The one movie I remember her for was Ghost World because I liked Ghost World at the time. I remember she was in a movie called, at least she looks like a character who was in a movie called Now and Then. Uh huh. Um, oh, is, yeah, that's the one. I, I Yeah, with 
Yeah, like almost every female actress at the time that was big. I don't know because I watched it on TV. Okay, so. I just remember it was like in the late nineties, and it was like every known female actresses in that movie, just like fried green tomatoes when everyone was in that movie. Yeah, it I think was... this. I think this movie also tanked the career of uh, Richard O'Brien because after that, after this movie, I'm not seeing a whole lot worth noting. Maybe he just decided just to not act after that. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, Homeboy, Homeboy was kind of a big deal because he was in uh the rocky horror picture show i'm not old enough for that movie yet i don't <laughs> care about that movie let's do the time warp again that director is all over jacksonville like every con and i see him posting and i was like i'm never gonna watch that movie because i don't care i think i've seen bits and pieces like yeah that's not definitely not a movie i'm gonna watch there's certain movies you just know you're not gonna watch I've seen I it a couple is, times. I think this is one of those movies I told someone I'm never going to watch, and yet here I am bloody well watching it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our let's get to our ratings. Let's 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 put this episode out of its misery, out of Kevin's misery, and uh get on Yeet on down, he's on down the road. Did you just That's say Yeet on down the road? Yes, Yeet on down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Aretha Franklin and Michael Jackson are born in the modern day. All right. So Dallas, why don't you explain the rating system to the listeners out there? Yeah. So our rating system is pretty simple. Basically you have top shelf. This is where you put the movies around. This is good. Why are people complaining? This is a great movie. We like this. We love this movie. You have middle shelf. Like, "Ah, okay, I can kind of see why people dislike this movie, but I mean, some people could like it. It's not bad. Bottom shelf is, Oh yeah, this is terrible, but you know, it's, you know, we're not going to we hold on to it. You know, it's a it's a bad movie. We all understand that. And then you have the dumpster fire where movies go to die that nobody should ever see these movies ever, ever, ever again. And to our knowledge, no movie has ever been in the dumpster fire, although legend speaks of movies such as <laughs> some Irish kung fu film speaking from the grave. We're not sure why. Or a movie about a last airbender. Yeah, there is no war in bossing. So there was a lot of wind in that one, though. So hot air mostly. <laughs> Let's get into this rating. I'm starting off the rating today. Go for it, Dallas. I've All right, Dallas, go for it. Do it, man. A rating party, and to use the uh, um, the terminology of of John and Celeste, this thing did not roll a net one and end up the dumpster fire. Um, however, uh, it's not a good movie, and I'm going to put it squarely on the bottom shelf. It's a terrible movie. It it was confusing at times, not because of the not because it was complex, but just because it jumped around way too much. Um the forced comedy was killing me the entire time and as fun as Jeremy Irons laughing was and as awesome as it is to seem uh Mr. Sir Tom Baker it's just not worth watching again. And I, I kind of regret renting it. I feel like I need to pay my sister more money for the fact that she rented it for us. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in second on this one because I have things to say and I don't want to be outvoted before I say it. Uh, I'm giving this movie two different ratings because there's oh. a caveat to my rating. Oh, okay. Don't do that here at the bottom shelf. You, we, we already agreed to that before. We don't do two different ratings. We're doing one. All right then I'll have to do it from my own perspective. I will say that this movie, the acting in it is overacted. Uh, the pacing in it is inconsistent. The effects in it aren't very special. 
but I still found myself enjoying it on, on a some level. Really? Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I am, I like, I understand dungeons and dragons. So I get a lot of the tropes that I think went over non dungeons and dragons, people's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to give it a bottom shelf for people who don't, but if I have to get, if I have to grade it myself for just from my own experience, I would put it on the middle shelf because I could see myself pulling this one out again, probably next year sometime and putting it in on a lazy Saturday where I just want to turn my brain off and have something on and eat popcorn. The level of turning your brain off that you would have to do for this film, John, would mean that you were officially a vegetable. Sir, I live in Washington state. I can make that happen. (laughs) Touche. Celeste or Kevin, who wants to go? Bottom shelf. No explanation. No, no explanation, just bottom shelf. All I mean, right, Ke- it's just not good. She said off with its head. All right. Fair enough, Kevo. Bottom shelf. No dumpster fire from you. No, because Jeremy Irons made me laugh my butt off. <laughs> you should probably go get that. Jeremy Irons made me laugh. So That's how hard. he's losing weight. I laughed. <laughs> I did. He's on the Irons uh, routine. Plugs in about 20 minutes of Jeremy Irons every day. It's better where I say I laugh my butt off. I actually have no butt because I laugh so much. Okay. (laughs) You should get that. Yeah. Um, This movie was far more hilarious than Cooties, which actually had jokes. (laughs) It was definitely less gross. Yeah. Including the ear thing. No, no, that was no, no. If I could take just one section of the movie, it would be to take that and burn it. Uh, Okay, I I need to explore this, Celeste. What was it about that section that like is making your skin crawl so bad? Because like for the people at home, for the people at home who don't understand what I'm talking about, like every time someone brings up that section on a. Whenever someone brings up that part of the movie, like Celeste looks like she's tr- going to crawl out of her chair because things are coming out of holes that shouldn't be. Okay. That's why. No, I, it gets into personal history. I have personal bad experience with things in my ear. Oh, from a very young age. She had I, tubes. I had five sets of tubes before I was two. And my very first memory is of someone pulling out an infected tube. I was six months old. Don't ask me why I remember this, but I do. And it was painful and it hurt. And now anything like wearing earbuds is took me a while to get to the point of where I could do that, like inner ear stuff. Because I was like, Mm-mm, I don't like it. I still prefer to wear over the ear headphones. Oh, same mm. here. I agree with you. I don't really care so much for it in the ear the, because it, I'm, the, I'm always a... I always have that, um, not fear, but that, I guess, kind of fear that it might, the rubber part might break off and get inside my ear. And I'm like, oh, crap, this is going to cost a lot of money for me to get it taken out. I, I had a friend that happened to him once, but it was foam and it got, it fell into his ear. Yeah, and had, to take, had to go get uh, tweezers at the, at the ER to pull it out. Mm-mm. So anything to do with ears automatically makes me go "Mm, i don't like it okay so you ears for you are like eyes for me then is what i'm hearing probably you never ate a pig ear did you i'm sorry that's a dog toy kevin (laughs) no there's crispy pig ear salads that's the thing obviously none of you have been to mexico i have (laughs) they serve them right up (laughs) 
deep fried. I have, but I also didn't ask questions about what I was eating. <laughs> so you very well may have had a pig ear at one point. You might even had dog. <laughs> you ever see a cow in Mexico? Nope. <laughs> this is going off the rails. Shall we wrap this up? Let's go on over to the Wheat Connection se- section. This is a Wheat Connection. Welcome, everybody, to the Wheat Connections portion of this episode, where we try to ex- extract some sort of spiritual truth from the movie that we have just watched. Uh, Dallas, do you have a Wheat Connection for this movie? I know I you do have one. Awesome. So mine uh, is uh, based around the the scene of Tom Baker, and um, he's talking about they're they're in awe of him because they're doing this great magic, and he says, hey, "Look, you know, you guys, you use magic, but we are we're part of it." And it's talking about this like distinction between between using something and being one with something. And um, my weak connection aspect is there is a difference between acting like a Christian and being a christian there's a lot of people out there who treat christianity like it's some sort of like new age behavioral management system and it's just like well we're just changing our habits it's not what that's like christianity yes our habits do change but it's an inner being aspect also like it's we we as individuals we adjust we change um and, and we become a different person if you will that doesn't mean all of a sudden our personality is different or everything like that but it does mean that our speech changes the way that we think, the way we see the world, the way we view people, it does change. And it changes the manner of seeing people, not just as individuals, but as children of God, as sons and daughters of God who, you know, need his grace just as much as we needed his grace. And so my encouragement is, you know, examine yourself. Are you being a Christian or have you just been acting like a Christian? And because, when you just act like a Christian, it's very easy to just stop. But whereas when you are being a Christian, when it has, you're convicted by, by, um, by the Holy Spirit of your relationship with God, you don't just stop that. In fact, when you do things that step outside of the identity, you are grieved and you make steps to walk back into the identity. So that's my weak connection. Celeste, do you have a weak connection? I do not. And I know Kevin said that he does not, so... I will do my weak connection, which is rooted in Ephesians, I think. Yes. No, sorry. Colossians 3.11, which which says, Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Uh, One of the core themes. Well, one of the core plot points in this movie was the Empress's desire that all people should be equal under the law, whereas the current society within the Empire was set up that mages were elite citizens and all else were beneath them and essentially considered as slaves and Mm. the empress desired to change that and jeremy irons character in a very overacty way uh was striving to maintain the status quo as a result uh there's a lot of classist ideals that are being bandied about um much in the same way that during the time of the early church uh 
the Jews felt like they were the religious elite and, uh, you know, they were basically gatekeeping, uh, at the gates of heaven, so to speak, where, you know, it's just us, us four, no more shut the door as Alistair Begg would say. Uh, whereas Paul makes the distinction in third Colossians, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek or a barbarian, or if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, the only matter is, you know, Christ, you know, Right. He, he, you know, he, he started Gatorade's initial, uh, initial, uh, slogan, you know, except for Christ, which is, is it in you? Uh, and <laughs> is Christ in you? So, you know, and that, that's kind of where I got, what I got out of it when I was watching this movie and it, it, it stood out to me. It's just like, you know what, there, there was a certain amount of religious elitism when it, when it came to, uh, the early church and yeah, totally. Sorry, we got we got some jokers who are doing some stuff on camera here while I'm trying to deliver this, and it's completely sorry, throwing me every single I'm time. So sorry, <laughs> couldn't tell. So I guess that's it because my train of thought has been thoroughly derailed by Pastor Dallas, who thought it was more fun to <laughs> poke fun at Kevin than hear the word of God. So you can do both. I'm I'm teasing. Yeah. I did like your division, though. I thought, I thought that was a good one. There is a level of, I think that's one of the biggest sins of the church is a level of, we've allowed religious elitism to step in between us and actually expressing Christ at times. Right. And that's, that's dangerous. Not saying that some people, they accuse Christians in church of being uh, elitist uh, when it's simply presenting truth. There is a difference between the, uh, presenting truth and being a elitist jerk. Um, and that's the balance we have to, we have to maintain. Right. So cool. Well, let's go ahead and land this ship. Shall we? Yes. Uh, so you know what? Let's go ahead and skip the verbal. Where are you at? Because quite frankly, everybody knows we're going to put it in the show notes and all we're doing is wasting it, wasting time at the end. So check the show notes, uh, for this episode below the majority of anything I would say is going to be something that Dallas is going to say anyway. And if not Dallas, then Celeste. True. So, and of course we all know Kevin's on the YouTubes with the dapper man with his hot. I actually took down a channel. Oh, you did. Don't care about anymore. Oh, we actually, no, it's still that. there. It's still oh, still has like amazing meme names. Yeah, which I was, nobody shares. I was like, man, this meme makes me dead. I'm laughing. This is the best meme ever. It doesn't share the single thing. It's like, yep, keep. Yeah, that's not helping. Go ahead, don't share. Just like, don't share the word of God. Just don't share nothing. Keep it all to yourself. Commenting does help the algorithm, Kevin. It does. That's what I get for trying to be supportive. Cool. All right. And with that, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Please like rate and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on as that does help put us, uh, on, uh, that does help put us in front of like-minded individuals like yourself. And we will even accept just regular comments because we enjoy seeing what people have to say about our show. Because Um, that makes you a true Christian. And if you want to, uh, Geek Devotions does not support the statements of Kevin. <laughs> Geek Devotions never supports the statements of Kevin. That's why Kevin keeps quiet. <laughs> he does? Except for a movie review. That's the only part I care about. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and if you, uh, yeah, I'm just going to land this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, peace and love, I guess. 
Yeah, roll that 12. One to two. Made it voted. Peace and love. There we go.